world. This is the Bet Labs Podcast. My name is John Ewing. On today's show, Aaron Rodgers, Gordon Hayward, injury fallout, updated World Series odds and value bets, trends for college football, and a whole lot more. But first, let's say hello to our co-host, Travis Reed. What up, Trav? Hey, John. We actually have, uh, and I forget who coined the term, so apologies there, but we have a sports equinox today. Um, where all four sports leagues play on the same day. So we have the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and the NHL all on the same day. So Sports Equinox, celebrate accordingly. <laughs> and we do so by betting every sport, every game, you think? Every, yeah, every, that's the best way to make the most amount of money is to bet every single game on the board and then throw all those winnings and put that on roulette. That's the easiest way. <laughs> I believe that's how uh, Warren Buffett made all his money. So, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. All right, everyone. That's the end of our podcast. <laughs> now you know. Now, uh, okay, let's get real here for a bit, Travis. Let's talk some baseball playoffs, uh, some interesting uh, trends recently, you know, Cubs – avoid being swept now they have a chance did they uh, just extend the series maybe they're really world series contenders what do the odds tell us uh well the odds tell us that the dodgers are the heavy favorites to win the world series um they have kershaw going tonight so even though they're on the road they're a big 160 favorite um at at wrigley um next up the yankees plus 240 uh, with the 3-2 lead going back to Houston uh, with the Astros at plus 475. And if you think the Cubbies can come back from the 3-0 deficit, beat the Dodgers, and roll on to the World Series, you can get them at 25-1 to right now. Um, actually, according to Fangraph's odds, they actually think that's the best bet. They have them at a 5.5% chance uh, to win the World Series. Uh, I think they've been a little bit high on the Cubs all year, um, honestly, just I think Houston may be the best bet, but I was actually just looking at the payout. I think it might actually be better to just bet on them on a game-by-game -game basis. So bet on game six, roll that over, bet on game seven, and then roll that over and bet on the World Series price than it would be to take the plus 475 right now. Yeah, usually with those future bets, when you get into the playoffs, it is more profitable to roll over game-to-game like you said, when it gets down to a situation like this where the Astros need to win out, essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Something else that I saw, the World Series hasn't even happened yet, but we have odds for the 2018 season. Our Cardinals listed at 20 to 1. You fill in St. Louis next year? No, not at all. Not <laughs> not, not until I like see a huge trade or anything like that. Uh that's the really tough part about uh obviously I think books do this just for the marketing aspect of it to, you know, throw those out there. Um yeah, until you see what some of the off-season moves are going to be for some of these teams, it, it's pretty tough to um, you know, place a bet down and usually um, on the favorites, you can wait a little bit and actually get a better price. Um, just if wait for that we team to have a. We talked about it last year. The Cubs opened as favorites after they won last year. We said there was no point in putting the bet down because at some point in the season they would either suffer a losing streak, lose a key player, their odds would uh, be inflated, and that's what we saw coming into this year's playoffs. Uh, they had longer odds than they did. Uh, after they won it a year ago. Yeah, so you can either get them already in the playoffs at a better price than before the season. Um, right now the Dodgers are the favorite next year at plus 550. The interesting thing to me was uh, the Padres are at 150-1. to 1. Tied with them with the worst odds are the Detroit Tigers. It's amazing how, fall, how far they've fallen in just a short amount of time. They seem to be a perennial contender just a couple years ago, and now they have the worst odds tied with the Padres to win the World Series uh, next year. You know, San Diego uh, 
was decent in the second half. One of the most profitable teams on the money line. I think they played above 500 ball uh, from August on. So maybe so interesting there. You thrown down on that 150 to one? Is that what you're saying, John? Uh, no, but I okay. mean, <laughs> if you if you want to talk yourself into it, I wouldn't say you're crazy. Okay. So. Uh, okay, enough baseball. How about some basketball? NBA is back in our lives, Travis. And I got to tell you, I did not know an ankle could be perpendicular to a body. Yeah, that was not fun to watch. Uh, I was watching it live, and they like the first replay they showed, I don't think they knew yet that it was going to be as bad. Oh. And they, they quickly like panned away, like, uh-oh, we can't show that on TV. Uh, but yeah, terrible injury, obviously the worst way to start an NBA season, uh, regardless of what fan you're a team of, uh, or team you're a fan of, if I can talk correctly. Um, but we did see some betting fallout from that. Um, in the East, the Cavs went from minus 200 to minus 300. Um, to win the title, Celtics went from 10 to 1 to 20 to 1. Uh, initially, they've actually fallen a little bit more than that since then. Uh, Cavs didn't see a whole lot. They went from 4 to 1 to plus 375. Makes a lot of sense. They were still the favorite to beat the Celtics and right. get back, uh, but they're most likely still going to have to beat the Warriors when they get there. So um, basically, just a huge crushing blow to the Celtics' playoff chances, which we all kind of knew as soon as it happened, but uh, the numbers bear that out. Okay, so the odds adjust for Hayward being out. Uh, what other players would have a big impact, at least from like a point spread perspective, uh, in the NBA right now? Yeah, so the um, the the top guys are actually LeBron. Obviously, I think LeBron's the most valuable player in the league, uh, regardless of what the award goes to. Um, he's the best player, and especially now with Kyrie out. Um, you know, if he's out, that's going to impact them the most. Kawhi, also a, a big name there, and he um, basically does everything for the Spurs. The surprise name in that top tier is Giannis, the uh, Greek freak. I'm not even going to Giannis. say his uh, last name. Uh, yeah. butcher that. Uh, interesting, uh, Russell Westbrook was on that first tier last year, but this year he's kind of bumped down a lot. Of, and a lot of that has to do with the team around you. If the rest sure. of your team is really good, um, you know, then your absence doesn't mean as much. You know, if Durant misses a game for the Warriors, it's not a disaster. Um, whereas some of these teams that only have one, like uh, Damian Lillard, for example, if you take him off Portland, that's a, that's actually a bigger impact, um, you know, than Durant because of what they have left remaining around the team. So, um, yeah, there's a full blog post breaking them down into tiers, but um, those first guys are worth about five to six points, and it kind of moves on down from there. Uh, you know, a strategy we talk about every season is betting against the public. Uh, what are a few angles that we can use by fading casual bettors and pairing them with maybe underdogs or road teams, or what are some other situations? Yeah, so uh, betting against the public alone will not work. Uh, a lot of people just think you can just look at the betting percentages, fade that team. Uh, you have to add some to it. Um, previously, visitors have been better than home teams, but the last two years, that's actually really tanked as well. Uh, so you kind of have to constantly be updating uh, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the ways we looked at it is if the line gets better by a point or more. Um, so if you actually get some line movement in your favor, uh, in those lopsided games. A lot of the times that's not just sharp money. Because those games are lopsided, that's some public money forcing that action. So you're basically getting some free line value there. That'll increase your odds. Uh, and then also betting against teams on a winning streak. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, teams uh, all of a sudden start to win a few games in a row. Betters pay attention. Uh, you know, that line may get inflated as well. So those are a couple ways you can bet against the public and be profitable uh, doing so. 
Right, yeah. Uh, like you said, a lot of casual fans think, okay, if I'm going to bet, I'll just go against maybe the whoever the public is, but that's not just enough. You have to add some additional filters, which you can easily do using Bet Labs. Uh, because it is the beginning of the season, Travis, how about we talk – a few of our pro systems, some of the ones uh, that are the most profitable, our most favorite, that have been consistent winners year in and year out. All right. I'm going to start with a system called Visitor Recent Dogs Losing Streak. Uh, and this is kind of the opposite of what we just talked about, uh, betting against teams on a winning streak. You can do the same by betting on teams on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has a 54% win rate, which is actually one of our lower uh, win rates when we talk about pro systems, but it has over 2,500 games. Uh, so this is one of our high-volume systems. If you're one of those grinders that likes to bet a ton of games every every night uh, that there's NBA, this is the perfect system for you. Um, so you're really just grinding out those profits out of a ton of games that match each night. Um, another one, home team coming off a poor offensive game, uh, 62% against the spread. Uh, said all the time it's a make-or-miss league. Just because you have a poor shooting night one night doesn't mean uh, that's going to continue into the next one. And then, unfortunately, we won't have as many picks uh, in our back-to-back system in the NBA. Uh, it's had a 14% ROI, 58% against the spread. But, um, yeah, due to some of that scheduling changes, we won't be able to take advantage of that as much this year, but uh, should still see some opportunities throughout the season. Yeah, and then uh, something I was looking at tonight, Travis, it's two teams. They're big favorites. We got the Thunder and the Raptors uh, favored by 12 and 13 points respectively. And I was just curious, can betters trust big NBA favorites early in the season? Uh, well, why don't you tell them, John? Since you're the one who actually wrote the article, it'll it'll, it'll <laughs> sound more it'll sound more authentic than me just reading okay. your words. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, so when teams are big favorites, uh, ten or more points, it doesn't actually happen very often. Only sixteen percent of all regular season games in our database, going back to two thousand five, featured such a game, such a team favored by ten or more points. And it's not been profitable to bet on these heavy favorites. It's just been forty. 7.8% against the spread if you do so. But if we look early in the season, so games 1 through 10, that's how I was defining early season, uh, it really comes down to matchup. In conference games, these teams that are favored by, again, 10 or more points are just 42% against the spread. In non-conference games, it jumps up to 58% against the spread and really consistent results uh, season to season with only uh, two losing season betting big favorites against non-conference teams. And now why is that? I think uh, familiarity with your opponent is a big advantage. So teams play 52 of their 82 games in conference. Uh, they really would know the players, the coaches, the strengths, weaknesses, tendencies of a team that they see on a, more often. Uh, and that would lead to making it easier for them to cover as a big underdog. So tonight, like I said, two big favorites in the NBA the Knicks uh, on the road against the Thunder, Carmelo against his old team for the first time. If you're looking to bet one of these teams, uh, I would lay the points with OKC. It's a non-conference game. Uh, the Raptors favored by 13 right now against the Bulls. Uh, maybe take Chicago. They're not getting very much public support. They have one of the lowest win totals in the NBA. Uh, could be a good contrarian play as well. Yeah, not a lot of support for the Bulls right now as their teammates are actually punching each other in the face. 
Um, so it's pretty tough to uh, be really excited about that team who has a terrible roster and is missing maybe their best player already because one of their other players uh, got the in a fight NBA with them. just doesn't stop. They're like, how about a big injury? How about <laughs> some a stupid fight between a team that's not any good? I mean, they just have a st- they have storylines for days, and I love it. Yeah, that's the only way you could be interested in the Chicago Bulls is that story. Like, there's no nothing else could like be entertaining about the Bulls. So that's the only thing they could have done, and and of course it happened. Travis, another big weekend in college football. We got some top 25 matchups. We have highly ranked teams that are big favorites once again. Uh, what are a few games that you like? Any interesting angles for the listeners? Yeah, so we're going to start with the number one team in the land, huge favorite to get into the uh, college football playoffs and get to the championship. Um, under Nick Saban, Bama is actually 21-11 against the spread versus the SEC East, uh, kind of these little brother in the SEC conference to most people. Uh, they've been able to handle them uh, not just straight up but against the number as well. Uh, TCU, minus 37.5 against Kansas. Uh, this is actually Fox's late, like, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. primetime game, which someone needs to be fired over that. But uh, <laughs> in the uh, we talked about this a couple years ago. In the playoff era, those team, uh, teams of 30 points or more favorites are just 41.6% against the spread. Again, the hypothesis being that, uh, you know, you don't have to blow these teams out anymore to impress the computers. Um, so maybe they hold up a little bit in the last few uh, quarters or anything like that. But TCU, massive favorite against Kansas, as they should be. What about you? What do you like this week? Well, you got your team, Oklahoma State. It was your preseason pick to win uh, the title as a value bet right now, number 10 in the country. They're on the road at Texas as favorites of a touchdown. So something's got to give here in this matchup because uh, Texas with Tom Herman now. Herman, as an underdog, has been fantastic in his career as a head coach. He's 7-0 and against the number. But Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy, 40-23 and against the spread as a ranked favorite. So I'm not sure which side I'm going to come down on in this game. What do you think? Uh, yeah, we didn't have any pro systems on this one. I, I'd obviously like to see Oklahoma State win uh, because of the futures bet I have on them. Um, but, yeah, there's a little bit of difference, I think, in uh, Houston being an underdog going into a game in Texas being an underdog. Um, you know, it's a little bit uh, higher profile there. Right. Uh, I, th- I think I'll uh, – maybe this is a little bit of my hope getting in the way, but I, I think I'll take the Cowboys there in that matchup. Yeah, I was looking. So uh, it doesn't happen very often, but Texas as a home underdog, they're three and ten straight up, and five and eight against the spread. So Texas is a public team. Usually they get a lot of support, and the lines can be inflated. So you have to have a pretty good team uh, to come into Austin and actually be favored. And I think that's what Oklahoma State is. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll find out in the next few weeks. They got a tough schedule at Texas this week, at West Virginia, and then of course Bedlam in three weeks against Oklahoma could be a, a huge uh, playoff deciding game in a few weeks. Okay, Travis, let's talk Aaron Rodgers. It was the big storyline from Week Six in the NFL. So much to get into uh, from what he's worth to the spread uh, to how far the Packers have fallen in our power ratings to who has value to win the NFC now that he's out. So uh, where do you want to start? Um, Well, let's start with how much he's worth to the spread uh, because we did see a huge line move in the look-ahead line versus what the actual line is now uh, of almost a 12.5-point line move um, 
against the Saints in Lambeau. So a lot of people are saying, is Aaron Rodgers worth 12 and a half? Uh, I think part of it uh, obviously has to do with your backup. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup in Green Bay, you know, we don't see the line move as much. Mm-hmm. Also, the perception of the Saints, I think, has changed in just a week. Um, the Saints actually look pretty good. We have them moving up in our power rankings as well. Uh, so he's probably worth around, you know, that 7 to 10 points. But like I said, a lot of it depends on who that backup is. We really just don't know a lot about Brett Hundley right now. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of have a better idea in a, in a few weeks. But as far as the simulation goes, Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in the simulation according to the numbers. So there's not one team that could lose any one player that uh, crushes their playoff percentages more than Aaron Rodgers did to the Packers. Right, and uh, looking at the NFC odds to win the conference, uh, with Rodgers out of the way, what two teams now are most likely to win? And, you know, Seattle and the Eagles are favored, but do they have any value? Yeah, we actually like both of their odds at plus 450. Um, You could realistically take both uh, and then have, you know, the idea being that hope you get the uh, the number one seed and the number two seed, which those two are both the now favorites to get those bye weeks, which is the uh, the clear advantage there in the NFL playoffs. Um, also, the Vikings are still hanging around there at 10 to one. Not a bad play there. Uh, they're now the favorites to win the NFC North with the uh, Rogers injury. Um, but yeah, we, we do like the Seahawks and the Eagles because uh, they're the most likely two teams to get the bye uh, in the NFC playoffs. Man, that Vikings number at 10 to 1, it's like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, the path is cleared for them to win the division. They could have a favorable spot, maybe even a, a first round bye if everything went right. And then you got to remind yourself that Sam Bradford could be starting for them in the postseason. I don't, I don't think he will, though. Like, that's the thing. I, I think they've seen enough from Keenum. Not to mention they have Bridgewater who's practicing this week. Now that's what I would hope for. Bridgewater to yeah, come back. Yeah, that would be if I'm betting that ten to one, I'm betting that Bridgewater comes back, he looks healthy, um, you know, and yeah. I'm there's no way I'm betting that if I think Bradford's making playoff starts. So. <laughs> um but I I don't think Keenum that's what I we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when we were waiting on the line to see if Bradford was gonna play or Keenum's like I I'm not sure Keenum's that much worse than Bradford. Um, obviously he had that huge game on, on the opening Monday night against the saints, but, um, yeah, I, I just don't see, um, you know, that big of a drop off to Keenum. So, um, and that Vikings defense is legit. So if, if you like them, I think 10 to one's a fair price. Hey, what do we know about how teams have performed after they lose a starting quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? Is it an easy fade or do casual betters overreact? Uh, usually casual betters overreact. Um, I know you did some numbers on that. I was actually just looking at the sim, and it's amazing how much they've overreacted to the fantasy players and not so much the other guys. Um, so, like the lineman, for example. Like, if a lineman goes down, left tackle, right tackle, no one blinks an eye. Just throw the line up for the next game or whatever. Odell Beckham goes down, and it's like, ah, shade the Giants line by six points uh, against the Broncos, <laughs> which is what kind of seemed like happened in the market. I realized they lost all three of their receivers. But, right. uh, you know, losing three linemen, I think, is more important than losing three receivers. But in this fantasy-driven world, we're all caught up on the quarterbacks, the receivers, sure. the running backs, and all the guys that get us points on uh, on our DFS sites. So I, I do think it's an overreaction from uh, – from the public in the market whenever these uh these fantasy type players uh do get hurt well and and you touched on i did pull some numbers so trying to answer the question of like how do teams perform if they lose a starting quarterback uh to start i narrowed our sample down by looking at 
uh, quarterback's value to the spread. So <clears throat> I'm not including, you know, basically any change that happened for the Browns because flipping their quarterbacks in and out hasn't <laughs> really meant a whole lot. Uh, but since 2000, and I did it just to 2013 because uh, I had to pull this data manually. We don't have a filter set up necessarily for this, but since 13, that was the last time Rodgers got hurt. He broke the collarbone on his other shoulder. Teams that lose a, a valuable starting quarterback are 19, 26, and 1 against the spread in their next game. So as you might expect, uh, teams with good QBs, they struggle when they don't play. But if you break it down by being favorites or underdogs, because believe it or not, some of these teams lose a, a, a decent quarterback and are still favored the next week. If they're favored, they're just four and twelve against the spread. If they're underdogs, they're fifteen and fourteen. So the takeaway from that was if you got on the Saints in the look ahead lines and got them plus six and a half, you're sitting pretty. But if you didn't, you've already missed the value there. You know, the the market has corrected and basically it comes back down to another like, you know, fifty fifty chance on which side's gonna cover. Yeah. Um I definitely agree with that analysis. That's all, John. <laughs> and I'm I, I had something, and then I immediately forgot it. Yeah, perfect. Uh, okay, yeah. well, we'll move on. Uh, how about some other takeaways from week six? KC lost, pit one. New England looked blog in against the Jets. So who's the favorite to win the Super Bowl? How about the playoff picture change? Uh, least likely teams with a winning record to make the playoffs. Browns, number one pick block, or what? Yeah, we got oh, a whole... Yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff. So let's start with the Super Bowl odds. Uh, New England is our favorite, 16.8%, but you're going to notice it's really condensed now. Uh, KC, 14.4, Seattle, 12.7, Pittsburgh, 12.5, and Philly at 11%. Uh, if you actually add up some numbers, you can pretty much do a 50-50. So you can take, all right, John, so you want the Chiefs, Seahawks, Steelers, and Eagles, or the field to win the Super Bowl. And the field includes the Patriots. Ooh. So you get Man. Chiefs and Steelers in the AFC, Eagles and Seahawks in the NFC, or you can take the field. I I guess I'd probably take the field with the Patriots. Yeah, it's it's almost exactly 50-50 according to our numbers. So I, that'd be a good prop if somebody put that one up. Um, as far as our most uh, likely playoff teams, man, it's kind of a mess now. Um, NFC doesn't look too bad. It's Philly, Seattle, Minnesota, Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Now, the tricky part about that is that's three NFC South right. teams. Uh, so all those three are the most likely, but the odds of all three getting in at the same time are not very good, which opens the door for Detroit or the L.A. Rams are next in line for that uh, last playoff spot. AFC, um, KS, uh, KFC, uh, Kansas City, <laughs> uh, New, it's almost lunchtime, can you tell? Kansas City, New England, and Pittsburgh. And then you have Jacksonville, Houston, and Buffalo as the other three just, AFC just how we, teams. Just how we put it out at the beginning of the season. <laughs> if, if you did a parlay of Jacksonville, Houston, and Buffalo making the playoffs uh, at the beginning of the year, that, that would be the ballsiest bet. Of course, it's still a lot of games to play. A lot of that can change. But, uh, yeah, the, the likely playoff uh, teams right now looks looks a little bit messy, if I do say so myself. Yeah, uh, but – you know, so much change from preseason after six games, and we know so much more is going to change over the next uh, 10, 11 weeks before we get to the postseason as well. So remember, these are always what's happening right now, given our information, but we update constantly because that's what you got to do when you're dealing with small samples is be willing to constantly update when we have new information provided to us. Uh, Travis, we talked about teams coming off a of bye last week. Uh, 
you know, we said that favorites tend have been profitable historically, but the sweet spot is actually when they are favored on the road, and there are a couple teams that match this week. Yeah, um, favorites do better than dogs, and road teams do better than home teams coming off buys against the spread historically. If you combine the two, road favorites is the money spot. Uh, two teams, Dallas coming off a buy going at San Francisco, and also Seattle coming off a buy going at the New York Giants. And then also the schedulers did the uh, Seahawks a favor. Uh, that game's in the uh, the 425 Eastern time. If that would have been the 1 o'clock Eastern time, that's obviously the tougher um, sure. You know, for those West Coast teams to go out and start at that 1 p.m. Eastern, we've seen that's been an advantage uh, for the East Coast team. But uh, like I said, they did them advantage, put that as one of the late games. So two teams there that if you're looking to bet teams off by, again, it's one of those things where you can't just blindly bet teams off by. Uh, if it were that easy, we'd all be rich. Uh, but you can <laughs> um, you, you can find some uh, spots there where you can right. get some value. Uh, how about some other betting trends for this week? I know you got your Chiefs and Raiders tonight. There's a, a winless Browns team as home underdogs. Can the Broncos bounce back after uh, being upset as big favorites last week? Anything you got for us? Got to start with my Chiefs tonight. Um, so there's a couple of trends here. Uh, short week, favorites in division uh, is 58 and 47. Those same teams on the road is 26 and 13. Uh, so a lot of trends there pointing to KC. But uh, I, I am worried about this spot, and, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, losing a couple linemen uh, that the Chiefs have done. I was talking about that earlier. I think that's a big deal. Uh, next game, Tennessee at Cleveland. Um, man, the Browns are, are just really bad again. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Uh, so this team, winless home dogs uh, against the spread. In the first four weeks of the season, 54.2%. In the, la- in the remaining part of the season, 38.5%. And a lot of those matches are probably going to just be Browns teams from previous years. Um, and I have noticed, I, I have been betting the Browns less this year. It's no secret I, I lost a lot on them last year. Uh, just I, I kind of thought Cleveland last year would be what San Francisco is this year, just constantly hanging around in games and losing mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, but that's not been the case. So I've been betting the Browns less. Uh, I feel like I've added a couple of years to my life at the end. Your wallet thanks you. Yeah, my wallet thanks me. Uh, my heart health thanks me. There's just a whole bunch of things good about not betting the Browns this year. So, uh, what about what are some of the other games you like for uh, Week Seven? Uh, you know, something that's interesting to me. So Broncos, you know, fail as big favorites last week against the Giants. That was a benefit to us because we were on New York. Uh, but historically, so teams that lost the previous game as a favorite of a touchdown or more, uh, they are 57% against the spread the next week. If they were favored by 10 or more points, it jumps to 64% against the spread. Smaller sample, 34 and 19 is the record, but pretty strong results. So uh, you you think, okay, these teams perform badly. The public's going to be off of them. Well, it turns out they bounce back more often than you think. Yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense because their their value can't be much lower than uh, I mean Atlanta's coming off two straight losses um, you know against Miami and against Buffalo so um, yeah their their value can't be much lower we've actually seen some reverse line movement on that game as well Patriots were uh, minus three and a half they're they're down to minus three uh, when I last looked before we started recording right yeah and Atlanta same situation as Denver and just I was trying to look here recently. Uh, teams that were favored by a touchdown or more one week and then are under road underdogs the next uh, 59% against the spread. So uh, when you see these swings, when teams disappoint one week, you know, it, it's usually a good time to buy low on them. That's what we often preach. And that's how we build a lot of our pro systems is trying to be contrarian. 
Yeah, teams never are as good or as bad as they looked the week before. So uh, it's right. just constantly trying to trying to average out how good these teams actually are. So uh, it's it's hard for people to do that. They see a team on TV one week and then they think, oh, that's who they are. It's just never the case. Uh, that's why it's uh, hard to predict, and it's why we love watching every Sunday. Okay, Travis. Seriously, is anyone still left in our survivor pool? Uh, there are some. I, I've talked to that. Uh, I think there's like three left in the world. Uh, no, there are some. A lot of the uh, most likely the Browns keep losing, which has kept a lot of people in it. Sure. They've just uh, the people that have been on the fade Browns train uh, ha- have stayed alive, which is kind of frustrating because that's kind of the thing we're trying to fade there in the survivor pick. Uh, I did rank them all this week. Uh, Dallas and Tennessee are the uh, the biggest favorites that everybody likes to pick, almost 33%. So two-thirds of the pool are either on Dallas at San Francisco or Tennessee at Cleveland. Uh, so I would I would stay away from those plays. I know that hasn't worked out so far. Um, I would rank them Pittsburgh, New England, Jacksonville, uh, Philadelphia, and Minnesota as my top plays this week. Um, the model definitely uh, disagrees on the Seattle pick as well. But uh, if Pittsburgh, even though it's a kind of a tough matchup, it's kind of a tough week all the way around. There's not a um, there's not a touchdown favorite on the board right now, so uh, there's going to be quite a few people that get knocked out again this week as we're uh, expecting a, a lot of upsets. Okay, so everyone who stuck around for the podcast, now it's the time that you've been waiting for. We're going to give out a couple of our pro system picks for this weekend. I'll start in college football. Uh, the marquee matchup of the week is Penn State, Michigan, number two Nittany Lions against the number 19 Wolverines. Uh, should be a, a really good matchup. Kind of surprised by the number here. Penn State favored by nine and a half points in conference. I know the Wolverines have looked bad offensively, but they are very stout on the defensive side. They're getting a lot of points. And we got a couple pro systems that point to taking Jim Harbaugh's team. The one that I'm talking about right now is looking at uh, heavily bet games, taking the team on the road. Because when you're betting college sports, you want to focus and target games that get a lot of public action. Those are the ones where the lines can be inflated by the odds makers. So I think there's value here taking Michigan plus the points again. Very stout defensively. It's going to be a tough environment to play in Penn State, but uh, I think, again, with the points, you're coming out ahead, and it's all time. This system is 191 and 112. That's 63% against the spread. Yeah, can't argue with those results. Uh, I'm actually going to give two picks. I'm going to give out a bonus pick. Um, So if you're listening, we record this and produce it and put it out to you guys on a Thursday. The Thursday night game, I told you uh, some of the trends on KC, but we actually have a couple of pro systems on the Raiders uh, against my Chiefs, and and I'm jumping on board. Uh, It's tough to bet against your own team, but sometimes you just got to do it if the numbers tell you to. Um, First system, playoff dog, off a loss against the public. Um, so obviously Raiders coming off a loss right now, looking at it, uh, 74% of bets and 80% of the money so far has come in on the chiefs currently a three point favorite in that divisional matchup. So even though, uh, some of our trends have really pointed to those Thursday night favorites, I think the, uh, the pro systems outweigh those right now. So I'm, I'm jumping on the Raiders at plus three. Um, also fade teams on a roll that applies to the Arizona Cardinals getting three and a half in the, uh, in the London game against the Rams. Uh, the Rams, like I said, have kind of surprised a lot of people. Uh, I think now's a good time to fade them. Uh, we were talking before the, uh, the podcast that it, it kind of hurts that Arizona looked so good last week, but, uh, still like the Cardinals there getting three and a half on a neutral field. Uh, I think that number's just a little bit inflated as well. 
Yeah, and if you're going to bet on Arizona, make sure to shop around. Like I'm seeing three and a half at Pinnacle, but I'm seeing three at five dimes. So you want to try and get that hook if possible. Yeah, it's the uh, most important hook you can get in the NFL is that three to the three and a half. So definitely one to shop around for even uh, maybe uh, buy that half point uh, if you're getting a good price. So Michigan, Oakland, and Arizona, those are your free plays for this week. If you guys want more, you can try BetLabs for a month. Just $49 gets you access to our starter membership. It's a great way to dip your toe into BetLabs, get a feel for what the database has to offer as well as our picks. And of course, we've got a bunch of free content on the blog and this podcast as well. So uh, remember, if you like what we do, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or anywhere you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at that underscore labs. Until next time, for Travis, I'm John. Peace. Sports Equinox.